Bernard Leung and you may know me as the executive who is building the business of UAVs aka drones across Asia Pacific with China included and in my spare time I'm curious about why everyone I know including my wife are spending their time in the WeWork offices across Southeast Asia and you're listening to Analyze Asia the weekly podcast dedicated to business technology and media in Asia and today I have Perohas Boat Managing Director of WeWork Southeast Asia in their Singapore office that has just launched today right? That's correct There's it right at the heart of the Central Business District. Welcome, T, as I know that's how they address you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to interview you. You know that you're one of the guests I've been trying to figure out how to get you on the show. Oh, really? Oh, I'm, my apologies. <laughs> I'm making it so difficult. That wasn't the intent. No, 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 no. Because you have been very busy in the past few years. I have, yes. Yeah. And, of course, the first... Part of this interview is usually I want to know your background, your story. Okay. Uh, can you tell me how did you start your career? Amazingly, I was a developer. I graduated from the University of Austin at Texas with the Management Information System degree, MIS. It was somewhat new back then. But when I first came out, I was doing COBOL programming. COBOL is a very old programming language, one of the first pioneer programming language. That and assembly language, I used to be, my first job was a consulting firm and I was doing basically COBOL programming for a telephony billing system. That includes basically me loading up tape decks into a mainframe system and a bunch of just editing codes to make telephone bills look prettier and more aligned, which is the worst job out there. But you know, I learned a lot. <laughs> it's a... It's a great way to realize that I wasn't very good as a programmer. I enjoyed it, but it's not the career that I really wanted. But being in the technology field is definitely something that is, is I'm passionate about. And over the years from a developer, I became more of a product manager to sales to general management. And I've been very lucky. I've done three startups so far in my career. And along the way, I've also done a lot of uh, corporate gigs running Yahoo for Southeast Asia from a mobile division perspective to Skype for the whole of Asia Pacific and now recently as the Managing Director for WeWork Southeast Asia. I know your story from Skype and then you build a company called TravelMob, which okay. was actually acquired by HomeAway and then SpaceMob, which is now acquired and expanded into WeWork Southeast Asia. I guess one thing I really want to know in starting both companies and leading them to acquisitions, I don't think this is like, is pre-arranged. A lot of it is actually, there's some top processes involved. I guess what kind of top processes you have to go through mm. in order to make these acquisitions work for you as well? Well, you know, truth be told, I, I've never built a company or developed a startup with the intent of a particular acquisition plan, right? Any entrepreneurs or founders will tell you it, it would be silly not to think about the possible exit options, but you don't build a company towards that. As I built Travel Mob and, and Space Mob, we're not the very first one that kind of entered the market and we were not the last one to enter the market. The reality of it is we're very much focused on our differentiation, a very particular segment that we're targeting. For Travel Mob, it was a very Asia-specific travelers. We were very focused on the travel corridors between the Asian countries. So, for example, Singapore to Bali, Singapore to Hong Kong, Hong Kong to Phuket, and so on. That's how we differentiate ourselves from our global competitors, and we're offering everything that is Asian-based, meaning 
Asian languages, all the way to dialect support, to currencies and payments and everything else in between. And SpaceMob was very much focused towards a community. There, there were a lot of uh, different co-working or collaborative space operators across Southeast Asia, but a lot of them are very much focused on real estate. While SpaceMob was focused on building a community, we built our own technology to support this effort. And we were basically supporting multiple types of different type of real estate. The reason why people always ask me, why do I name two companies with the word mob in it? Mob usually is an angry word. And then people associate mob to an angry mob. So what does an angry mob, you know, what do they do? They disrupt, they create chaos, and they make change. So travel mob was about disrupting and change, changing travel. And space mob was to really disrupt the whole idea of space. So it could be a commercial space, a residential space, retail, and so on. It's about introducing change and disrupting those industry itself. Interesting. After going through the corporate route and also the entrepreneur route, and now back to the corporate route, in your career journey, what are the interesting career lessons learned? If I can summarize it, there are probably three things, right, that kind of connects all these different things, you know, career path that I've taken and, and at least just different opportunities that I've embarked on. One is always focus on the fundamentals, right? Regardless of what technology or what solutions and what industry you're at. I mean, if you look at my background, I started with a very technology-based background. I started a company called Wolf Networks, which was ahead of its time. It's Right now, it's called an IoT type of company in Internet of Things. We developed something called Personal Network, which was the same as what we call cloud today. This company was developed way before YouTube was around. This is many, many years ago. So regardless of what industry you're in, what technology you're using, or what type of segments you're going through, the business fundamentals apply, right? You need to understand your P&L statement. You need to understand that one plus one equals to two, you know, and sometimes people forget about the basic business fundamentals, which is not great for a lot of entrepreneurs who, who, not, who are not focused on those. Secondly, I think it's important that you don't focus too much on the competitors, things that I learned. It's okay, it's very important to know who they are, who you're competing with. But just like what Jeff Bezos says of, you know, the founder and CEO of Amazon, that's his quote, actually. You know, don't focus too much on the competitors, which is true. I, I totally believe in that. As such, if you look at the companies and, you know, the, the things that I've done so far, we're not always the first. And again, we're not always the last as well. We're, we're always going into a product or a service that, that have a market that allows us to be better, tweak and learn, and allows us to, to offer something a lot more unique and a lot more different compared to what existing players are. Lastly, I've learned that you have to focus on your team and your culture. That's the biggest asset that you have. If you're focused on developing great teams and great culture, the rest will follow, right? Meaning these guys will build you the best products and offer the best services. Their focus is going to be on the customers itself. But the starting point is always your own asset, your own biggest asset, which is the people, the team that works for your organization. I actually agree with that. So, we come to the main topic of the day. I want to know about WeWork in Southeast Asia and also some of your thoughts on co-working spaces and where the whole industry is going because I think it's fundamentally real estate business, right? So, just to introduce, WeWork provides shared workspace, technology startups, communities and services for entrepreneurs, freelancers, startups, small business and even large enterprises. Founded in 2010, it is headquartered in New York City. WeWork currently has a valuation of roughly US $20 billion. I know that's going to change. But and also manage about 10 million square feet of office space. That's a lot. And of course, we have the two pretty well-known founders, uh, Adam Neumann and Miguel McKelvey. So I probably know that now you are focusing on building WeWork out 
to Southeast Asia, and it's also a very culture-centric company. Can you briefly introduce WeWork to my audience? What is its current vision and mission? Thank you so much. And I, I realize that you're also a big fan of WeWork, and I really do appreciate that. Look, so WeWork as a company is, is in the process of developing a platform to really bring people and community together, right? So what we have done is we look after, you know, members of all sizes from one person company to large multinationals and allow them to really make a life and not just a living. And what that means is allowing these companies to, to interact, to feel included, to communicate and to share lessons learned and opportunities together. This help companies allow them to retain and grow talent. This also allow companies to form strategic partnerships with one another. And in the end, we do see that 45% of our WeWork member companies say that WeWork has helped them accelerate their growth. And we're very proud of that. And now, you know, we present in more than 22 countries around the world. That's about 75 cities. We have more than 250,000 members around the world now. And, you know, I'm especially proud and excited to really take that challenge to really expand WeWork across Southeast Asia. We're now in Singapore and we're looking at expanding across Malaysia, Indonesia, Thailand and the Philippines this year. One thing that's very interesting when I just came to your office just now and the moment I connect, I could actually, because my wife was in the other branch of your WeWork office, Correct. and we hear the same internet capability just automatically work was seamless, it was effortless, right? Yeah. I think one, one of the things that people talk about WeWork is about this culture. Right. Can you briefly talk about how that culture empowers your employees or to work with the customers, people who are using the space to work and to spend almost, I think, one third of their day yeah. in the office. Right, you know, I think, in fact, you you, you hit it on it on its deal on the head right there. We, we do understand that, look, work life usually, you know, constitute a majority of our daily activities, right? And we want to make sure that first and foremost, you know, the space is designed in a way where it is motivational, it is inspirational. If you walk around our latest space here in 22 Cross Street, there are a lot of local art that's being put in there. The colors that we choose, the way how we design our offices and our desks and where they sit, you know, the breakout areas where you see couches, you see sort of meeting rooms and phone booths. Those are all essentially design elements that we have put together and learned and tweaked over the past eight years, right? And those contribute to the culture that, that you talk about and also the technology. I'm glad to hear that, you know, you came in, your iPad is all connected to our Wi-Fi network. We spend a, a ton of our investments and resources putting our technology together to make sure that we make it very seamless for members to connect to the internet, make it easy for them to discover one another and so on. And ultimately, it all boils down to community and culture. All these supporting elements from the physical assets and the design and the technology brings forth the type of culture and the type of community that we want to, to create. And that is a very inclusive one, allowing our members to discover one another, to be able to communicate. And don't forget that they are actually community team members, pride and joy of WeWork, where this set of people who manages not only the space, but also manages the members that we have here, these are the guys and, and you know the, the gents and ladies who basically work directly with our members, asking them exactly you know what they need help with, how can we be of assistance, and how we can ultimately add value to them. 
that kind of culture is spread all across the different 250,000 members across the globe in across 75 countries right now. And it is something that we are very proud of. It is something that we continue to tweak and we learn and we continue to adapt. As we have a global platform and a global playbook, as we expand into the region, we are also coming up with you know local playbooks and, and local ways of executing and training our staff. And that ensures that we continue to scale across the globe as we expand. I think one of the interesting questions that to a lot on the culture, I understand when I hear from your founders who speak in other podcasts was that the belief that you are going to be a hundred-year company and also the way how they define success is actually as measured by personal fulfillment. Do you have anything to add to that? Absolutely. I mean, look, it is about, we use a lot of energy and the word energy and vibe in in different parts of of our speak when we talk to media, we talk to even our own members and our own team team staff. It's interesting and it's it's something that you feel and you, you visually see as well as you walk into any WeWork locations around the world. The vibe is the same, right? The energy that you feel, people are just, it's just very, it's full of buzz. People are walking around, working. It's never just a very simple, quiet place where people just sit around and not do anything. You see people communicating. You see people congregating into our breakout area, talking about businesses, talking about potential partnerships. We've done a survey once before where 70% of our members within one location essentially have formed some sort of partnerships with one another. That's great. That's a huge majority of our members sitting together in one location and now communicating and talking. There was also a survey done recently about a month and a half ago where every time we launch a space with a thousand members, we see a two times economic factor, multiple factor to that. Meaning what that means is every time we see a thousand members in a space, we created net new 1,000 jobs for that location itself. That's great. Right, So the culture is working, the value that we're providing are working, and now we're even creating new jobs and pumping in you know, and helping out the economy of that neighborhood, that city, and that country that we're operating, which mm. makes us very, very proud. Mm. So zooming in then, what are the current products or services that we will provide to the small and medium business, which are mainly the startups, and also to corporations as well? I understand corporations actually also lease WeWork spaces for their businesses as well. That's a great question. And look, we have a list of different product offerings that we have offered to our members of different sizes. So as you kind of walk into a 22 Cross Street, we have basically hot desking, we have dedicated desk, and we have private offices for members to choose from. Of course, dedicated offices give people a little bit more privacy. And in fact, that's one of the more popular product offerings that we have across Southeast Asia. Now, we are also offering different type of products that give you global access. Right. In fact, essentially, that's what it's called, global access. It allows companies like Microsoft, for example, which has you know, used this, this product, allows their sales organization to travel around the different countries and different cities that we have, that we work is present at the moment, and they're able to just park themselves into a meeting room or into a phone booth or into the community area to meet clients and customers. And that's been offered to a lot of companies uh, from this region as well that allows them to, as we expand across the region, we want them to be able to travel around uh, the region as well. Especially in countries like Jakarta, as you know, when traffic is horrible, it's great for these guys to park themselves into different WeWork locations as we open them up and allow them to meet their partners and their clients and, and potential talents as well. We have a new product that we've been talking about for the past few months now called Power by We. Essentially, we bring WeWork to 
our member organization. So, and this is quite popular with the large enterprises, MNCs, build headquarters and we build incubation centers and offices for divisions of these large MNCs. One in particular is in Hong Kong with Standard Chartered. We essentially bring WeWork to them. So they own the lease, right? We basically design, develop, build, and even operate that space on their behalf. So we've trained our community staff to program the space for them. We have our interior designers, our architects, our engineers designed and built the space for them based on the specs that they want. So essentially, we're bringing WeWork to our members. Instead of members coming to a WeWork location, we bring WeWork to them. And this is one of those products that we are very much focused on and we're offering this to a list of MNCs across Southeast Asia and across Asia Pacific as well. One interesting point that you brought up just now is about technology. How does technology enable WeWork with your customers? Well, we use technology across the board, right? From the design and development phase where we use laser technology to map out the entire uh, space before we come in to start developing it. That allows us to do some virtual reality products that we can offer our sales organization to help sell later on. But it allows us to build faster to customize products a lot better and to, to be more precise. All the way down to technology that we offer to even members. So we have this WeWork app that allows a member to discover one another. I call it, you know, sort of uh, in a very candid way where it is like our Facebook, LinkedIn and Tinder combined, right? It allows companies to discover one another, to find one another. And it's great now because we see a, a ton of our Singapore members are now offering their services, job, looking for jobs or even get offering jobs to people and members across the global network of WeWork right around the globe and all this technology that we've used we have also collected a lot of data over the last few years of uh, allowing us to better design our spaces you know we have heat maps and sensors that we place all across the our WeWork locations that tells us which part of our product is most popular which part are not so popular so that in the future uh, locations that we we built we do less of the not-so-popular one and we do more of the popular one. And this is especially important, especially we go across region because there will be some local requirements and local ways of doing things where we have to fine-tune and tweak our data as we sort of expand regionally. And then how about community-wise? I think there is a members network app that you use that's correct. to so, your members to connect with each other. Right? That's correct. That's what we talked about just now that allows them. That's that LinkedIn, Facebook and Tinder sort of combined app that allows our members to discover one another. There are also a series of applications and tools that our own staff use, right? From tracking the next opening for buildings, figuring out the occupancy of each building, you know, where are the rooms that are still available and not rooms where are not available. Just imagine this, right? As we open all these desks across the globe, we need technology to help us manage the selling, the procuring, the, you know, the development of this spaces across the globe. So we've built this in-house. At, at times, we've uh, acquired companies to help us get there. But technology is a huge enabler and a big uh, supporting element to what we do here at WeWork. In Southeast Asia, what is the current footprint of WeWork? So yeah, so we touched base a bit on that just now. So we officially came to Southeast Asia late December, well, early December of last year, 2017. So the first location that we launched was Beach Center on Beach Road here in Singapore itself. It has over 700 desks in that location. And we're very proud to say that, you know, within opening months, it's that whole location is, is, is nearly full. Ever since then, we've launched 71 
Vaughan Robinson about two and a half months ago. That seats about 1,400 desks. By far, it is still the biggest location that we have here in Singapore across Southeast Asia. Today, we're very proud to announce that we've launched two more locations in Singapore, 22 CrossFit, where we're sitting at right now, and 60 Anson. These are the two locations that have followed up from our you know, two previous launches. And we're also very proud to say that within the opening month, those two locations are also almost full. Just about a month and a half ago or two months, we've also launched our entry into Indonesia, Jakarta. We have two locations that we've announced. One of them is called the MSIG, uh, sorry, the Sinarmas MSIG Tower. And the second location is called Revenue Tower. Both are within the Golden Triangle of CBD within Jakarta. We haven't announced the exact locations for the rest of Southeast Asia yet, but uh, right now, uh, based on today and based on the current plan, we are set to, to launch in KL, in Bangkok, Manila this year. Interesting. So we're going to be seeing more startups within the region start to communicate together through WeWork. Absolutely. And the team has been working really hard. None of us are sleeping much these days. But look, we do this out of passion. We do this out of love. This is something that we're all very proud of. And uh, we can't wait to launch all these locations in 2018. I want to ask this question. I mean, there are a lot of co-working spaces out there. I'm sure you've seen different players within the market itself. I think there are two questions I want to ask. Where do you see the co-working spaces model going in the mm-hmm. real estate? Because it reconfigures how or recalibrates how real estate to be on demand because you, you have real estate owners, like building owners who want to right. start to rework to do all this reconfiguration and bringing in people to work with. And then there is also the differentiation question where we work is also very different from a lot of the companies within the local community context. I mean, not just Singapore, but all over right. Southeast Asia. Right. How do you differentiate yourselves from them? Okay, so let, let's answer the first question first. And those are great questions, by the way. On, on the first question on how, how we impact you know, the real estate world itself, look, you know, WeWork is really bringing real estate as a, as a service, right? We, we are basically introducing how we approach real estate with technology, with community, with programming, and ultimately focusing on the service itself, right? So thus, you know, it's not just moving into an empty space for a lot of these member companies. They're moving in into, you know, a private office, a dedicated desk or even hot desking. And that comes with internet, with programming of events from social to more business approach, all the way down to really a collaborative effort, right? And that serves many needs. It started off with allowing them to to have a swing space, you know, to now where we're actually seeing we were developing HQs for a lot of companies across the region. Look, at the end of the day, we are also forming a very strong partnerships with real estate providers and and you know and landlords across the region too. Let's take for example the location in Jakarta. The Sinarmas MSIG Tower is actually a partnership that we have with Sinarmas where there is a revenue share component on that particular building where if we would become successful, we are potentially going to make better yield compared to just rental yield alone for Sinarmas for that building. So there is a win-win situation for us to work closely with landlords and property owners across the region here. And we will continue to see that and, and develop that kind of partnerships across the region. It's not something new. It's something we've been doing across the globe uh, when we started uh, growing the company eight years ago. We're literally doing the same similar thing here with fine-tuning it for local needs with the local real estate providers and developers across the region. On us, with the local players and providers, look, 
at the end of the day, you know, WeWork is is very much focused on our segment. We don't see ourselves as a direct competitor to what the local guys are offering. What we have and we're very much focused on is our community and our culture, right? What we can offer them is essentially a global network, a global access to WeWork around the world. And I think that makes us uh, a very unique proposition and a unique offering compared to what you know some of the competitors here have. We're very much focused on our members. I think at the end of the day, it's all about the value-added services. It's all about the space that we've created, the technology that we provide, and how we're building and bringing all these people together. And really, really, based on our mission, allow them to make a life and not just a living. My final question, but I think that WeWork has actually branched out from its traditional businesses. So now we're here about we live, we grow, and rise by we. These are pretty new services. I know it's only currently in the U.S., do you foresee them coming into Southeast Asia as well? Well, you know, the mission is always about, you know, allowing people to, to come together, right? To build something much greater than themselves. You know, it, for us, it is a way to revolutionize and change and really just humanize the way we work and we live and how we connect with one another. So we work has always been, what well, you see now is our, our basic, our cash cow, our fundamental product. In our U.S. counterparts are trying out and looking at venturing out to different products like like We Live and Rise by We and a few other things. At the moment, we are very much focused on what we call, I guess, our traditional WeWork offering. We haven't really brought all the other products into Southeast Asia just yet. Right now, we're just focused on what we're offering as a standard as a product. And I think that's that's what the focus is at the moment. And before we introduce those additional products here. So I'm so glad to finally have this interview with you. Oh, thank you. And I definitely hope to hear from you again and in another interview someday when any other interesting announcements on WeWork will be available. Thank you so much for supporting us. Yeah. So in closing, I'd like to ask two questions to all my guests. And the first one is, can you recommend a book, movie, <laughs> or podcast, or anything else that has recently impacted your work or personal life? Right, right. Well, there's a book that, uh, that I've read and uh, it's by a guy named Simon Sinek. I may have mispronounced his last name, but he's a regular TED speaker, he's a motivational, inspirational speaker. He has a book called Start With Why. I totally encourage you know new entrepreneurs or even potential leaders to, to really read that book because it, it is about how you inspire, how you're able to influence people by true positive means, uh, teaching people how to communicate better to really at the end of the day, to build a better team and a better culture. I think it, it goes nicely with, you know, what I've been very much focused on in my career, in my personal sort of development, and everything just coming to, you know, all the stars are kind of aligned with especially us helping expand WeWork across the region. And as a company, we're very much focused on developing culture and teams as well. I think this book is a great book. I think it really teaches people to be a much better leader and a much better communicator. And most importantly, you know, a, a much better influencer as well. And the original TED Talk that he gave was pretty inspiring. It is. It I'll is. definitely put a link on that. Yes. So my last question, where can my audience find you? <laughs> You're right. I usually am not that fond of coming up in the media or or be out there as much as uh, you know as my other fellow entrepreneurs. But you know, once in a while, I do show up into different events. I recently did a talk at E27 and recently at Innovest and and I think Tech in Asia as well. Uh, just this year, I, I usually don't do too many of those. Uh, but you know what? Folks can always find me on LinkedIn. I, I tweet once in a while. Facebook for me is something where it's more friends and family kind of only. But I'm usually quite open out there in terms of LinkedIn and Twitter. Mm, 
you can also find it at the WeWork in Southeast Asia. Absolutely. You know, whenever they stop by in a WeWork location, our headquarters here is in 22 Cross Street. If they want to come uh, visit us, uh, we're more than happy to give people you know, tours of our offices uh, in our spaces across the region. You can find me or Google me at Bernard Leung, or you can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Acast, Sound, and everywhere else. You can definitely tweet to us if you can give us a five-star rating on iTunes Store or actually give us a star on Pocket Overcast. That would be great. So once again, T, many thanks. I'm so glad this interview ha- finally happened. Oh, thank you. And I look forward to speak to you again. Thank you for having me, sir. Thank you.